Hello, beautiful. Welcome to Stepping Into the Light with Julia Treat. That's me, your host from juliatreat.com. Welcome if you're new to my podcast. Thank you to everyone who has continued to listen to my podcast and share your energy with me. I am so grateful for you. I've been doing a lot of reflecting lately of a lot of things I had to push myself through as I am creating Jules 5.0. And I wanted to give you a shout out and just say, it is time to create you version 5.0. First, a, a couple of announcements. If you have not caught my videos on the Ascension Super Channel, then please visit me there on YouTube. I am posting at least weekly videos and sometimes even more often, and they are different than what I'm sharing on my podcast. Also, if you've not hopped on over to the Rainbow Crew on YouTube, my children's show, then please do that as well. I am in the middle of creating even more videos to be posting there. If you haven't yet visited my friends at Spiritually Raw, April and Jay, they are amazing and they are having some awesome guests, so many amazing and fascinating guests, even someone from Ancient Aliens, if you've ever watched that show on TV. Now, anything that I'm linked to or that I suggest, it does not mean I agree with everyone or everything on that channel. So I'm just, you know, suggesting some really cool places that you can go get some more information if you wish. So Spiritually Raw, you can watch for free for three days. And if you find that it is of value to you, you can continue to stay in their membership. Otherwise, you can hop out of it. So really, it is worth your time to even check it out for the three days and just find some really fascinating stories and guests. So let's get into the topic today, creating you version 5.0. I've been announcing it, Jules 5.0, that that's what I am the midst of right now. And as I have been really connected to God, I mean, just I am talking to God every day, all day long. Yes, Archangel Michael, uh, other guides, Jesus, but and, and the Rainbow Crew, of course. Uh, but God and I have been very close, and and God is the one that really said, "Look, you've got to, you've got to pull yourself away from all that stuff. You and I know what you're here to do." And what are you wasting time on? And so I was shown a lot of the things I was wasting time on. It wasn't a waste. It hasn't been a waste. But I don't need to be in it any longer. I dove into those deep, dark rabbit holes, and I learned a lot. And yes, there is so much still to be uncovered and shown to the masses, and it will be done but I am to get in my lane, stay in my lane, and do what I came to do. And so I you know, started asking myself, what am I wasting time on? What is a waste of my time? I mean a waste of my time that takes away from Speranza, which I am birthing right now, Speranza Academy, the Rainbow Crew, Prosperity Queens, and so I had to start making some choices. And as I'm shifting into Jules 5.0 and I feel her and I am digging her and she is badass, 
I was shown all of the things that I've done over the years that for me I had to do to clear the way for what's next. You know, to be a badass light worker, you have to do the work. You have to do the work on yourself. You have to heal your soul. No one else can do that for you. You must do it. And so as I was reflecting, I'm going to talk about a few stories here, and, and maybe you remember them. I was trying to, I was like, did I tell that story on my podcast about what happened in Cambridge, Maryland? Did I tell the story about when I clear homes, what happens to homes after I leave? And so I'm going to share some of that today because, we're, you know, I've been on this topic of past lives in my last several podcasts, and I'm going to tell you, I do think past lives are where all the answers lie. I truly do. I know for me, it's, that's the only way I heal myself from Lyme disease. I have no doubt I would not be healed if I would not have uncovered and discovered why I was allowing myself to be sick, which, you know, being attacked by something, well, because I was attacking myself every damn day, I just didn't realize it. Plus, past lives where it wasn't safe to be teaching the children or being with the children or even having children. And I know that's why I do not have children, physically bio children this time. I didn't, I didn't find that out, you know, early enough in life, which is fine because I feel like a mom to a million kids most of the time. It wasn't safe to be wealthy. Past lives where it was taken or I was even killed for having it, even though I was doing wonderful, beautiful things with it. So as I've been reflecting, I really feel like it's God showing me the movie of my life, the movie of, look, you did this, you went here, and you went without asking any questions. Guys, that's what I do. If I get a download or I've got to do something, I know I've got to go here or I've got to leave this space or this person or I've got to go, I get up and do it. I get up and do it. I don't ask a question. I just freaking go. So a few years back, I'm going to tell you this really fascinating story that happened for me in Cambridge, Maryland, literally going to a place, an area, and not doing past life regression with anyone. I'm literally waking up to my past life there while I'm staying there. Okay, and it's, I was a slave. I'm going to tell you the story because I literally feel that I cleared that entire area. So... Let me just start off with a really funny part of this story. It might be funny to you. <clears throat> to me, I was like, oh boy, <laughs> I can't make this up. So I traveled to Cambridge, Maryland and reconnected with my ex-husband. It was at a time when Michael and I had split up and we really both thought we were done for good, like we were never going to be back together again. And um, Universe just had, you know, this plan, God had a plan. You're going to go, you're going to do this healing work. I thought, as it turned out, okay, I'm with my ex-husband. We're working through stuff because I had so much guilt. I carried so much guilt from leaving that relationship. And he had so much anger. And so I thought that's what it was about. But it was about so much more. It was about my life there in Cambridge, Maryland. So Michael and I had been split up for three or four months. I, out of the blue, get an email from my ex-husband. I hadn't spoken to him in, I don't even know, months, if not years. 
And it was just a simple, I miss you. And I was already very raw because I, I left Michael crying. I left the man I was in love with, but I knew I, I knew I had to. See, that's the, I know it sounds crazy. That's how I do things. I knew I had to leave, but I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know, I didn't even know where I was going to live next. I didn't even know, I didn't have a plan. See, God always takes care of me. So I left, I moved out, moved all my stuff out of his house, Michael's house. Put it in storage, I left. I went and stayed with my brother in New York, his family. Yes, I had a place to crash, but I still didn't know where I was going after that. Then the ex reached out. I went to visit him. And, you know, we always had this love for one another. I think you might, some of you might understand this. I'll always love him, but I know that I'm not to be with him and I'm not in love with him. And that's what happened. I fell out of love with him. But, you know, we reconnected. We took a little trip. Then we decided, you know, he was in, he was in lim limbo. He didn't know where he was going. This job uh, opened up in Cambridge, Maryland. He's an air traffic controller. And he decided to take it. So I helped him move there. I still didn't know what I was doing next. I didn't know if we were going to get back together. What was going on? I had no clue. I'm just going with the flow here. So we drove our two vehicles, followed each other. I, you know, we got to Cambridge, Maryland. Just so happens, right? Um, a friend of a friend had a house with an apartment in the third floor that was for rent. And that we could have our dogs. At the time was Daisy and Rosie. So we rented this home. And it was a very active home, even in the first night. Okay, the first night we were there, all I just saw this woman, okay, I'm talking spirit form, this woman moving throughout the house trying to find the children. She was trying to find a child, I, now I'm trying to recall what it was, a child or children. And uh, so it was a very active home. I don't think that was the only thing going on in that home. So I didn't sleep that much. <laughs> and it, it's, you know, it started actually affecting my two dogs. They started having some physical issues. So, yes, I cleared the home. But before I did that, something told me to look up the address of the home that I was in. And so I looked up the address, I plugged it in, and the home that I was staying in, renting a, an apartment in, was the first home on the ghost tour in the town. First home on the ghost tour, for real. Of course, that would be where I'm going to rent a house. <laughs> so... This is a very interesting story, by the way. It's going to get very interesting, so hang with me here. So as, you know, my ex was starting his new job, I was doing long-distance readings. I was still doing my work, but I wasn't doing a lot. I really was taking some time for me, a lot of time, because my heart was broken, and then it, now it was confused, and then I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So I wasn't working a lot, but I was doing a lot of walking outside and with my dogs. I would take them everywhere. We just walked because I just, I felt like this prisoner in this little apartment. And the house that we rented was right on the, I don't know if it was called an inlet or a peninsula, what you call those things. But it's right on the edge of the water where the boats are docked. Okay, the house was there. I'm right by the ocean. And so I would walk my dogs over there at the marina, and we'd walk down on the docks and walk around the boats. And there's this top 
what's it called? If you're familiar with these big boats, there's something at the top of the, I wish I knew the, the word for it, the top of the big pole. It's a big metal pole. Is it called a rod or a staff? Or I don't even know. Maybe it's where the sail comes out of. But there's a long, tall metal pole, and at the top, there was clanking. I can't see it. I'm just trying to remember. Was it a bell? I don't, I don't know if it was a bell or if it was like a metal hinge or something. But this was on all the boats. They'd rock back and forth, and this clanking would happen. But it sounded like bells. And one day when I was walking in the same area as I usually did, I started realizing that sound. There was something about it that was very familiar. I've never been around yachts or boats. Something very familiar about that sound, like a soul memory. Once you do so many past life regressions, you actually can see an entire lifetime without being regressed. See, that's what happens. Once you get more used to it and, and you've done enough, it's so easy just to go there. I didn't know that's what was about to happen, though. So every day I would walk, Daisy and Rosie, these, these bells just started like getting haunting, almost like a haunting sound in me. And I just sat on a bench by it one day. Middle of the day, the sun's, you know, so bright and it's so warm and nice. And I just sit there and I start closing my eyes and I just kind of meditate on that sound and like, what is this about? Why does this almost make me want to cry? I almost want to right now, just recalling it. And it began to unfold like a movie in my mind, which is how I get a lot of things. And I saw myself on a ship with lots of other people that were being brought over to be slaves. But we didn't know that. We didn't know where we were going or what was going to happen to us. But it was so crystal clear. We were on a massive, huge ship. We were all underneath in this hull, I guess. I don't even know what these things are called. In the bottom of the ship. And we were all so sick. We were so seasick. There were people dead. Um, it was horrific. Horrific conditions. I think we're hearing a lot about that these days, right? About these things actually happening. Horrific conditions. And I know that my sister was there. I had a sister. And we were both on there. We, I was female, and from, from Africa or something, I know that we were very dark-skinned. Everyone on the ship was. And that sound from the top of that pole on, that, on those boats, that is what we heard. So that sound, we heard that, and we thought, oh, my God, we finally made it. Everything's going to be Okay. Because we knew that that meant land or something. Because we'd been across the ocean. Like, it was horrific, awful. I mean, there's just vomit everywhere. I, saw, I mean, this is just the truth, what I saw. And so we get to those bells. They sound like bells anyway. Thinking that our life is just, oh, thank God it's over and it's going to be good again somehow. And that was just the beginning of our nightmare those bells on those poles reminded me that that's when the nightmare began, my nightmare as a slave. Now, I'm sitting on this bench in the middle of the day, bawling my eyes out. And, and you know, it's during a work day, so there's not a lot of people around or anything. But I'm just like, oh, my God, it was so 
emotional. And that's, you know, that's how you know you are there. Even when I take clients through past life regression because they feel the emotion of it. Yes, a lot of people do cry, but not everyone does, but they still know that it was them. So that's kind of where I realized, oh my God, I've been here before. I've been here on this inlet. I call it, I'm going to call it inlet. It's where the water comes in. I've been here before and here I am again. But I didn't know at that time I was there to rewrite the history, to change the karma, to do the healing work and the forgiving work for everyone involved in that lifetime. And this is the lifetime where I learned about angel portals. Like, I, I can't believe the stuff that I learned while I was there in this little town of Cambridge, Maryland, staying in a haunted house. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you what, it was a haunted town, okay? And so when I come back from break here, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, I'm going to tell you about everything that I did in that town, what I did to clear it, and what happened when I left. It is wild. So I'll see you on the other side of the break. Hello, beautiful. I hope that you're enjoying this week's episode. It's just one of the stories I wrote about in my book, Stepping into the Light. Listening to it again brings back so many beautiful memories. My spiritual journey has been remarkable, to say the least. No one could have ever told me years ago that becoming a Reiki master would one day lead me to a horse named Sam, and that I would witness one of the most amazing miracles ever. You'll hear about it in the rest of the episode. But first, I wanted to let you know that I teach Reiki. I teach what I do, with a little bit of a Julia spin on things, if you know what I mean. Reiki is just one of the courses included in my Prosperity Queen's package. I encourage you to check it out. Perhaps it's time for you to become the healer you are always meant to be. You can find out more by visiting juliatreat.com. Just click on the Courses tab and learn about all of the amazing trainings and certifications I currently offer. I'm adding more content every month. Don't wait any longer. Take the leap and watch the miracles come flooding in. I'll be waiting for you. Now, back to the episode. Welcome back, and welcome to the rest of the story. <laughs> My story in Cambridge, Maryland. As time went on, I, I walked around that entire town daily. And as I would walk, you know, and read plaques and see statues, and, you know, Harriet Tubman was there at the beginning of the... Underground Railroad was there. Everything just started coming back to me. I had already done a past life regression and saw that I was a part of the Underground Railroad. But now I was seeing it while I'm just walking around a town. And I'm seeing the role I played. And that I was one of them. That You know, one of the ones that tried to help others escape. While I was there in Cambridge, shortly after arriving, and I think I was there for three months, actually. It was three months total. But shortly after arriving, my face started doing something strange. I started getting this rash all over the, my face, this red rash. It didn't itch or anything, but it didn't look so great. And as 
I was getting this information, it was unfolding for me, and I was seeing who I was, the role I played. You know, I had a master. I was one of the slave girls. I was a baby-making machine. I had 15 children in that lifetime that they took as soon as they were born. Now I understand they probably did other things than what I thought with them. Whether they were going to be slaves as well, or if they were going to be in some kind of sacrifice or, or used in whatever way, 15 of my children were taken, and I just it was just having children over and over. Well, one day, uh, my master noticed me looking at one of his, um, what do you call them, farm hands? It wasn't a farm, I guess. Plantation hands. One of the guys that worked for a young kid who was white, Caucasian. And guess who it was? It was Michael. We liked each other. We had a crush on one another. And we would look at each other and notice each other. And the master saw us this one time. I do know who the master was in this lifetime, but that I'm not going to share. There's some things I do keep private just to just because. Um, it's okay too, <laughs> but my master saw this and he did not like that one bit and he boiled scalding water. He tied me up first with my hands behind a tree and he threw boiling water on my face and it was to make me less appealing and it did scar my face really bad. So the rash on my face made sense, but here's the thing. I didn't realize that was connected yet until I saw that part of the lifetime where I had been burned with the scalding water. I asked the angels to help me forgive the master for doing that. And that takes a lot, believe me. And do you know what happened? My face cleared up from that day forward. Within a few days, it was gone. See, we carry over even physical stuff. Yes, we carry all the emotional stuff, but we carry physical stuff as well. So my lifetime, this is what happened next. I did end up having two children that were not taken and were not killed. We escaped with the Underground Railroad. We did get out of there. And I would continue to go back and help others find their way out of slavery. Michael, who was, you know, that plantation worker there, the, the white guy, Caucasian guy, we never did connect. He took on the guilt. He felt guilty. He felt it was his fault that I was hurt. It was always like this long-lost love, but it could never be just because of that, because he felt so bad. So I had accumulated land somehow in a in a free space. I don't know how I got this, but it was my plot of land. We had our house, myself and my two children. And they were, you know, in those days and times, old enough to stay home while I went and helped others escape. Well, one day returning home, I'm walking down the dirt slash gravel road. There was a little bit of gravel on it, but it was mostly dirt. And my children were hanging in the tree in front of our house. And I was devastated. In fact, I'm tearing up right now. 
So I went and turned myself in because I didn't want anyone else to get hurt. But I also wanted to, you know, even back then, try to wake someone up that this isn't okay. Because I knew that what they were going to do to me, which was to hang me in front of the entire town, the entire community, as an example. Now, as they are, you know, oh, making all these judgments against me, like saying all these things, and I've got the rope around my head and my hands are tied behind me, here comes Michael. Now, we hadn't seen each other in years, but I knew what he was there to do. It's that sense, that knowing, that I know he's going to try to somehow rescue me. And I'm staring at him in this crowd, and I'm just shaking my head, no. Just no, and don't do it. So they hang me, and Michael comes with a cart, just a big wooden cart with wheels, you know, the old-looking cart with a horse pulling it. And he gathers my body and puts it in the cart, and he gets my two children. He's not their father, but he takes all of us out of, you know, love and respect. And he buries us. He gives us what, you know, some would call then a proper burial. So I am getting all this information about this while I'm staying at this house with my ex-husband, and I'm realizing I just returned to a place I had been before to see what happened and then to heal everything that happened. And while all of that's going on, I am tuning in and seeing all of the souls stuck in that town that never left. They just keep walking around, doing the same damn thing. They're lost. They don't know where to go. Like, there were so many. So one night, my ex-husband was at work, and I was peering out of a window towards that inlet where the water is, and I just saw so many. I mean, soldiers. It's just everyone. They're just people everywhere. And I said, angels, we, we have to help them. How can we help them? I was like, I can't leave and just leave all of them here wandering forever. And that's when the angels said, let's build angel portals. We're going to show you what that means. And it was me, you know, they were showing me, but I was telling them what to do. So right where my house was, where the inlet of the water came in, I said, angels, you, you, there's the portal right there. For some reason, all the people were walking that way. I didn't know why, and I still don't know why. But I said, let's just build the portal right there, and angels on either side of it. And it was beautiful. It was like, like um, a bright, I don't know, like a pinkish, golden, beautiful portal that opened up. And, and souls were just going into it. They were just walking into it. And it was, I was shown it was taking them straight back to heaven. That's the first time I'd ever built an angel portal. I didn't even know you could do that. And so I saw it. I watched, and I sat there and peered out that window all night and watched them all walk in there. And I am, whoo, getting teared up because it was a beautiful sight. 
and watching souls who've been stuck for a very long time get to go back home. And I told the angels to stay there until it was complete. And I really felt like they were going to stay there forever. But over time, over the next several weeks, I noticed there were less and less souls walking in front of the house towards the portal. So many souls were being crossed over. I told you it's going to be interesting, right? <laughs> we're not finished yet. A little bit more to tell you, a little bit more to this story. As time went on, and I realized being with my ex-husband that we were two totally different people now. I mean, it had been probably, I don't even know, several years of him being in Afghanistan and me being in the U.S. He had... PTSD now, uh, he, of course, supported me and loved me, but had no clue what I did for a living or really what it was all about. So, I mean, this, this meeting, this getting back together and in this particular place was exactly what had to happen to change all of the future for everyone involved in that whole lifetime. So as time went on and I realized, I don't want to be here. I can't be here anymore. I love him. We, you know, we had separate bedrooms. We weren't together. We were just, it was just two souls coming back together, but there was no intimacy. And I'm glad that wasn't part of the mix because that probably would have made things a lot more confusing. But there came a time and I knew that I needed to leave. So I told him that, this is not the place for me, but, and I knew, you know, there's never, you know, we can wait till there's a right time, but like I said, there's never going to be a right time. You just have to do it. <laughs> and that's why I just do things. It is hard to hurt someone, especially when you know you're going to hurt them, which I did. I hurt him again, but I knew that I'd be hurting myself and the entire world so much more if I would have stayed. So I packed up and I left, and I came back to Pennsylvania, not knowing that the universe was going to bring Michael and I back together. But when I left that place in Cambridge, Maryland, just a short time after that, I saw the owner of the home post pictures on social media. The entire peninsula where the home was, the entire peninsula flooded. And it had never, ever, ever done that before. Now I'm going to tell you something about me and water and what happens when I leave places that have been cleared. <clears throat> I've realized over the years that something happens with water. When I go to a place, a home, stay in a home to visit, or I rent a place, or I go clear someone's home when I used to do it in person. If there's darkness there, and I mean dark, it either floods, the water heater breaks, something with water, all the faucets mess up, and I 
realized years ago that for whatever reason, when I clear these spaces, that water comes in to cleanse in one way or another. So when that peninsula flooded and I saw the pictures, I was like, oh my goodness. You know, I'm not going to tell her that I know why that happened, but I knew why it happened. I'm not saying I caused it, I'm just saying it happened after I left. When I rented a home to finish my book, Stepping Into the Light, by the way, you can, get, you can find a link to that on my website if you ever want to check it out. Everyone says it's a good read, an excellent read, like I'm just telling them stories, which I love because that's what I want them to feel like. We're sitting there and I'm telling stories. It's stories of my life, opening to my gifts, which I was not looking for, believe me. In fact, because of my past lives, I was running from them. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. The second half of the book are stories about clients that I've done readings for in the past. Just really amazing, remarkable things that happened. It's called Stepping into the Light, the miraculous ways that our loved ones, angels, and guides are able to let us know they're near. I rented a house to finish this book because I was procrastinating. You guys, procrastination is just fear. Excuses are just fear. And believe me, I can come up with some good excuses. I still can. That's why God had to reel me back in just recently and say, hey, stop all this noise out there. Let's go. You know what you got to do. You had to go learn, and now let's do it. I had to be awake to create all of it, and I know that now. But the house that I rented to finish my book, sure enough, I'm there for a week or two. The basement floods. I go stay with family members in New York. Very large house, very active. Never could clear that damn thing all the way, for real. Water heater breaking constantly. I'm talking an $8,000 system breaking constantly every time I came to visit. It would even, like, alarms would go off. I remember waking up one time in the middle of the night, and, and the alarms on the, the water heater thing is going off. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Cleared up my friend's house. So dark. Such dark entities in that home. His water heater broke. And then he blamed me for it. <laughs> like, aren't you just glad you got that, that dark fucker out of there? I mean, you know, you can have another water heater, but you're going to live with that thing for the rest of your life? So I just had to share that part because when I went to Cambridge, and I'm talking massive clearing because build an angel portal so these souls can go home because it was heart-wrenching. It's still like I started crying telling you that again because I could just see it again like it was yesterday. Just so many lost, and I was like, no, we can't leave them here like this. Think about how many souls went home and stopped that wandering. I still see the portal there. I told them, stay there forever. I don't know that there's any souls still walking in. I don't know. Then the entire peninsula floods. I really took that as a wink from God. Look, Julia, you did your part. You did what you came to do, and here I come to cleanse it the rest of the way. God gives me winks all the time. <sighs> Such a beautiful thing, and just to really be so solid in what I'm doing right now, what my goals are, what I needed to eliminate. I am in 
you know, this beautiful space of creating Jules 5.0. Remembering my power, remembering what I can do, what I'm able to do. Cleansing, manifesting, healing, all the stuff. I just finished teaching my Reiki 1, 2, and Master Teacher course. I'm glad I, I threw some live videos in there so that we could, you know, I could discuss things with the students because everything's automated except for these lives that we did. And I just forgot how much fun it is to show someone really what we are capable of doing. And just one of the questions being, just going to throw this out as an example, because you just got to know we've got so much power. We are powerful beings. You don't have to wait for some chariot or Merkaba to pick your ass up. You have powers. You just forgot. And now if you've learned that you've been programmed, well, then you just still think, I can't do it until this program is taken out of me. Well, that's the biggest line of BS I've ever heard. You can do it anytime you decide you're going to do it. So these students, one of them asked, okay, I saw the video you made, or you were talking about a pendulum, you use a pendulum to check someone's chakras, you know, um, and I, I was with someone the other day, and I wish I'd have known that, because I could have checked her chakras with the pendulum, and I said, oh, well, let me just show you, you can check her, you can check her chakras right now, and you're not even with her, and I simply held up the pendulum, I hold my left hand under it, and I said, my pendulum moves clockwise, if chakras are balanced and fine, it goes back and forth, if they are not, and so I said, all right, I'm holding the pendulum. And I'm, the class is watching me, and I've got it on camera, and I've got the pendulum. I said, I'm focusing on the, her name. She told me her name. I said, I'm focusing on her crown chakra right now, and I am focusing on her crown chakra and getting a sense of her chakra, if it's balanced or not. And my pendulum just starts moving clockwise. And I said, okay, thank you. Move to the third eye. I'm focusing on her third eye right now, that third eye shock with my pendulum. Now, this girl's in some other state. I'm showing them what you can do. Show me the third eye, what's going on with her third eye chakra, and it started going back and forth. So she ended up having third eye and the heart chakra were not balanced, but the rest of them were. But I just, it's so much damn fun to show someone what we are capable of. We all have these abilities. We all have them. I wasn't even looking for them, believe me. And here they came, just when it was time, because I was on my knees praying to God for a lifeline because I was at my rock bottom. I had to hit rock bottom to call on God. I've apologized to God, believe me, many times for that. God doesn't hold grudges, but for me it's important to say, I am so sorry I did that. I am so sorry I screwed up there. I'm so sorry I did that. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. We all have the ability to do magical, amazing, miraculous things. As I've been reflecting and God's showing me, look what you did. You did the work. Look at all the stuff you did for everyone else too. Because I guarantee you, any of those lifetimes I went back to, and I've seen over 14, maybe 20 at this point, I don't even know I've lost track. 
I've done the healing work for everybody there. Was it easy to go back and see? No, not always. Mm -mm. Sometimes it was horrific. And sometimes I was sobbing uncontrollably, especially when they killed the children in that lifetime that I talked about in the last podcast. My lifetimes with the Rainbow Crew. Continue to do the work. This is not about calling out for someone to save you. You have the ability and all that you need to save yourself. I'll be doing the work as well. I will always be doing the work. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that you found some value in today's podcast. And please take a moment to leave me some stars and a favorable review. And please share this as it might be just what someone needs to hear to get them on the other side of all of this. You can always book an appointment with me if you want to move through a past life regression or several with me. Just go to juliatreat.com. I do have an automated program, Journey of the Soul, that you do on your own. Several options for you to choose from. My past life regression certification course is up and automated and ready to go for anyone who wants to step into the role as a healer through past life regression. You can find it all at juliatreat.com or you can email me at juliatreat444 at gmail.com. The light in me sees the light in you, and it is brilliant. Namaste, beautiful. Do you want to succeed and prosper as a money-making spiritual entrepreneur? You're in luck. Julia will be sharing everything in her Prosperity Queen toolbox, including her magical team of expert creators and over $20,000 worth of trainings and certifications. If you want to become a Prosperity Queen, this is the offering for you. Get all the details at juliatreat.com and act soon if you want to get in on the launch party discount.